The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Eagles are at the podium as they return yet again for organized team activities, a.k.a. OTAs. I'm your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. Today we have defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz talking to the media during his press conference. He hits on a range of topics, including not being worried about the missing Malcolm Jenkins, being impressed with the newly acquired defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway, the development of Rasul Douglas, and a bevy of other topics. Speaking of Ridgeway, a quick correction and omission on the Kiston Solak Show 96, we ranked the top 10 Eagles under 25, and as a few of you have correctly pointed out, we completely brain farted on Sidney Jones, who turned 23 on May 21st, happy belated to Sidney, and we'll be sure to fit him in our rankings on the next show. And I'll self-report that we also miss Ridgeway, who I've mentioned before. He doesn't turn 25 until November, and like I mentioned, he's already earning praise from Jim Schwartz, so that's a good sign. And again, we'll address those rankings on the next Kist and Solak show. Please accept our sincerest apologies. A quick note before we continue, as OTAs are open today to the media, BLG is there covering it live, and much like last Tuesday, we'll have a late night show for you to recap the day, and we'll continue to talk about what happened throughout the week. So let's not stand on ceremony any longer. Let's go to the podium as Jim Schwartz addresses the media. So we don't have to get them all the way up here anymore. I, yeah, I can boom a little bit. What's on your mind? How um, You have so many versatile guys in the secondary who can play corner and safety. How much are you going to kind of experiment with different combos from now till the end of camp, and how much do you want to just kind of get guys into their roles? No, you'll see that uh, mainly this time of year, and you guys don't see a significant portion of it, but you'll see guys move around and, and play multiple positions, particularly some experienced guys, some of the younger guys we want to try to settle in at one position and just let them compete there. But, you know, once you're in the mix of making our roster, um, you have to have some versatility, um, play inside, play outside, play safety, play corner. Um, all those things help you not only make the roster, but help us over the course of the season. So you're going to see it um, probably more now and then early in camp. And then when we get later in camp, probably um, probably zero guys in to compete for some certain spots. This time of year, we're really not competing. I mean, the, the players are really competing against themselves. They're not competing against their teammates. They're not competing against somebody else at the position or the offense. Um, they're competing to get themselves better as a player. And we try to keep that in mind, right? Just just some early thoughts on, you know, the additions that you've made in the offseason here with Malik and 
up and down the, the line of Zach and so forth in safety. Can you just kind of some early thoughts on what you think you've added to the defense? You know, it's it's obviously still a work in progress. Um, you know, history holds true. There'll be another addition somewhere along the line. You know, Howie and Joe have never been shy about adding another player in training camp or at the waiver wire or anything else. Um, but, you know, we're excited about the new guys that, that have come in, some experienced players. I'd, I'd even start with, um, you know, Vinnie Curry getting Vinny back and you know he really looks like he hasn't missed uh, um, missed a beat from where he was when he played last played a game for us was which was in Minnesota um, and then adding a, a guy like Malik inside and you know Malik has a little bit of inside outside flexibility he's a really good inside pass rusher um, has really good length um, really a good complement to um, to Fletch inside um, getting Timmy back um, you know on the road to being more healthy I mean that's another that's another, um, you know, we really haven't seen Timmy at his best since the Minnesota game or the game in Minnesota a few years ago, a couple years ago. Um, Zach Brown has some flexibility. He's played a lot of good football. Exciting to get him. Um, Deho in the, in the back end. Um, you know, all those guys we're excited to have, and I'm probably missing a bunch of them, draft picks, you name it. You know, we're throwing them all out there right now, and, trying to get guys, um, you know, up to speed on the scheme, a little bit easier for some guys as opposed to others. Vinny's been here before, easier for him. Veteran players, it's really just a matter of putting it in their own terminology. Younger players, rookies, it's probably a little steeper learning curve. You met Chris Long and, and Michael Bennett are no longer here. That's over 15 sacks, 50 quarterback hits. Double-digit tackles for loss. How do you expect to replace all those, all that production? Yeah, you know, it's. I think that's business as usual for us. Um, you know, uh, from um, our first year here, the next year we lost Connor Barwin, and that was a big loss. A lot of leadership, and you know, a lot of, of past production. And then um, after the Super Bowl, talked about you know losing a guy like Vinny. So change in the NFL is nothing new. Um, there's a challenge every year trying to replace um, certain production. Um, so it, it's, it's nothing new. We'll, we'll miss those guys. They were important parts of um, what we've done, Chris, for two years, Michael for one. But, um, you know, that's just life in the NFL. You're going to have some um, you're gonna have some roster turnover, and you have to deal with it. I, I like some of the additions that we've had. we got some younger players uh, moving into some of those roles, even a, a young draft pick like Sharif. Has done some good things for us over the last couple of weeks, um, so it, it'll it'll be a, it'll probably be um, not a, a quick transition, but that's our job over the course of OTAs and training camp to get our production back um, where we need it. You never, you never got a chance to see Paul Warlow last year because obviously in the ACL. You know, after like a year of recovery and stuff, what have you seen so far from him? I mean, how can he contribute? You know, at linebacker. Well, first thing he's done is he has impressed every single person in the building with his work ethic. Um, he's just in, been incredible the way he's attacked his, um, his attacked his injury rehab. And he's really been a leader for a lot of the other guys. We have a significant number of injuries in there. And um, has, has really set a good standard for, you know, the work that it takes to recover. Um, you know, and, and Paul's a veteran player, has experience in Atlanta, had some experience in Detroit. Um, that shows through also, you know, he's still working his way back, but, um, you know, veteran players, it's a little bit easier. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to fight the learning curve as much as just getting his body right. How much strides do Derek Barnett and Sidney Jones need to make uh, this spring and this summer? 
Well, uh, both of those guys have, have played good football for us. I think the next step for a guy like Derek, Derek was playing at a really high level before he got hurt last year. Um, obviously wasn't able to bounce back from that and finished the year on the IR. Um, so with him, it's really just a matter of picking up where he left off. You know, Sid was sort of the same thing and battled some injuries early, then had some productive time on the field, then battled injuries again and, and you know, struggled through some times on the field. I think that'll be an advantage for him going forward. Um, it has it, it was a tough season for him, but he did experience some success. He saw some uh, some tough times. He persevered through it. Um, finished a year healthy, even though he wasn't really back on the field for us. And, um, you know, this is an important offseason, important training camp for him. Transition, you mentioned uh, he, uh, a little bit of the transition up front. There's also that at linebacker without Jordan Hicks. Uh, you mentioned Paul a little bit for the coverage responsibilities. Is that where potentially LJ Ford kind of fits in? Um yeah, I mean, he's he's a good all-around player. He's been a good special teams player, plays the run well, um, fits into the pass game um, well. He has, um, even though he hasn't started a lot in the NFL, he has a lot of experience just being on the practice field and seeing a lot of different situations over the course of the time that he spent on different practice squads. And as a backup player, it's really been beneficial for him. Um you know he's he's been a he's been a, a good acquisition for us and been good watching him on the field. Um, you know Jordan, another guy that you know we have to we have to replace his production. But over the last couple of years, we already had at different times of the year, Super Bowl year, halfway through the year, and there was a span of about three or four games last year where he was injured. So you know it's it's something we've done in the past. With the addition of, uh, of Malik and the return of Vinny. Um, it looks at least on paper that you don't might not need to use Brandon as much inside. Uh, is that a plus for him, uh, both as far as uh, wearing down and also uh, uh, using his abilities to maximum? Yeah, you know, we've moved a lot of different guys around. He didn't play a lot inside for us last year because that's where Michael Bennett um, played most of the time. So, um, you know, we moved him around a little bit, but not as much maybe as the year before. You know, I, I think when it's all said and done, when I'm in a rocking chair somewhere and I think of um, Brandon Graham, I'm still going to think of the forced fumble in the Super Bowl, and that was from a defensive tackle position. So he certainly has capability to to make plays in there. I don't think it has anything to hit, to do with him wearing down. Um, he's fit for that position. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops as we go forward in training camp and in preseason games and early in the season what our best um, you know combination of guys are last couple years here we've used three defensive ends in most of our rush packages when I was in Buffalo um, we had Kyle Williams and Marcel Darius Marcel was a double digit sacker we didn't take those guys off the field we rushed out of two defensive tackles two defensive ends sort of same thing when I was in Detroit with Sue and Fairley um, in there and even going back to Tennessee with guy like Hainsworth so um, how it'll work out, I really I, I don't know right now, but it is um, it is beneficial to have another guy inside that can be an impact pass rusher, and we think Malik is that guy. What's the uh, what's the impact of not having Malcolm in the building? Well, certainly he's one of our most experienced players. He's one of our biggest leaders. But again, that's really not anything unusual. And when you look around the NFL. Um, different guys in, different guys out. Different guys have different or different parts of their career. 
Some guys benefit from more rest. Some guys benefit from more work. Every case is um, is a little bit different. I know this when the chips are down, you know, you'll be able to count on Malcolm Jenkins. And a lot of other guys were trying to find that out about, and that's um, that's what they're doing here this time of year. Malcolm has, you know, some of those um, some of those credits already in his in his bank account. Yeah, what did you like about Sharif? Um, oh, okay. Um, same question. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what is it about him that sticks out? Any, any add to that? Yeah, same. What did you like about him as a prospect? Same, same thing. Um, he's got really good length. Uh, he has some basketball athletic ability. He had a lot of basketball in his background. You can see that. Um, he's got some some good eyes to rush to passer. He's around the ball a lot. Um, he did those things at uh, at Penn State, and we've seen some of the same things um, with him here. Um, you know, just like a lot of young players, there's things he's going to work on as far as technique, the consistency that goes into being a professional player. Um, you know, it's it's no longer acceptable to have an up game and a down game. You need to strive for consistency because that's what this league is all about. So a lot of that has to go with technique and physical conditioning and things like that. And he's really no different than most of the other rookies when it comes to those things. But, um, you know, I think he fits us really well, what he does. And um, he's a good young player to have in the pipeline. Uh, followed up Blake Countess's career since he left here? Yeah, well, we, we've played um, we've played the Rams a few times. And then also when, when we play different opponents, you'll see, you know, you'll see – breakdowns of, of different people. So, sure, we've seen him. What, what were your impressions? And when he left here, I mean, did you ever think he'd have a chance to come back? Well, yeah. I mean, we were we were, um, we were um, excited about drafting him. And, I mean, the numbers didn't work out in training camp that year, but I think we would have been aggressive to try to get him back on our practice squad. He chose to, he chose to leave. He was able to, you know, get on an active roster, play a little bit. He didn't play a ton last year. I think he played a little bit more the year before. But the same reasons we liked him when we drafted him is what we like um, now. And, um, you know, just trying to add as many guys he became available. Like I said before, you know, you get guys that become available in the middle of the offseason. I think our scouting department really does a good job staying on top of those guys and good to have them back. Apologies for interrupting, but we do have some bills to pay. We'll be back with more at the podium as Jim Schwartz addresses the media right after this. Of the uh, returning players, who are some of the guys who have kind of impressed you with the work they've put in um, just from a kind of a physical standpoint from when they left here to where they are now, whether it's transforming their body or other stuff? Yeah, you know, all our guys are working really hard. Um, so I don't know if I really want to put one on anything else. I think there's some young veteran players that – um, you're seeing whether it's I don't, I don't necessarily want to say it's just been hard work because all those guys work hard, but you know maybe um, they get a better understanding of what they do. Their technique becomes a little bit more consistent. Uh, I think Russell Douglas is in that category. You know, over the last couple of years, even though he wasn't a starter, he probably he probably played as much of a, he probably has a year of starting a. Um, experience under his belt, and you're you're starting to see that when um, when he goes out. I think one guy that's really made a lot of strides since we got him, because we got him right at the draft, has been Ridgeway, defensive lineman. Um, you know, it's, we we play a different style up front, and sometimes players don't look good right away. But he made um, he made a, a quick transition to what we do, and he's been impressive out here. But I, I do want to put that all with a caveat. You know, they all look good this time of year. I think that 
um, 27 years in the NFL, I could probably make a pretty good all-star team of OTAs and first week in training camp, and we could put that group together, and there probably wouldn't be very many people that um, you know a lot of guys have heard of. And I, you guys are probably the same way. You guys always have, probably have some articles in the, the first week of training camp of somebody that really stood out. But that, this league's not about that. It's not about you know doing that. It's about being consistent over a long period of time. That's why training camp is long. You want to see who can persevere. You want to see who can survive the tough times in training camp and, you know, who can, you know, rise when it's all said and done. It's not just who the flash in the plan, pan player is. Um, so I do want to put that as a caveat right now. There's a big difference between looking good, running through some drills and looking good in non-contact practices in an off-season program and that translating to um, to real ball in the fall. You mentioned at the beginning players competing against themselves to try to get better. Uh, where does Sidney Jones right now fit physically and mentally to that picture, assess him where he is? Yeah, you know, like, I said before, yeah like I said before, I think um, his first year was really just a learning experience and trying to get healthy. So you really got to take that off the equation or take that off of the map. And then, and then last year started the year as a, as a starter in the nickel position, um, did some really good things in there when we were playing early in the year. And all of a sudden we started having injuries, started having to move him around a little bit. He ended up playing outside a little bit more. Um, he experienced some injuries and tried to battle through those and, um, you know, had mixed success doing that. Um, you know, and then as the year went on, he, he missed a significant portion late in the season and um, was able to get back to being healthy. So um, those are all perspectives that will benefit him this year. You know, he's had a little bit of success, and he's also had some struggles. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think everybody in life gets a little bit better when they experience some tough times and some struggles. I think Sid's no different. He has a lot of talent. Um, he's been playing inside and outside for us on the um, in the corner position. He's been playing both right and left, um, you know. And, and it, but it won't just be about where he is in the off season. It's going to be about where he is in training camp and where he is at the end of training camp at the end of our preseason games. About whether he's got improved physically, uh, Sidney said at, at the end of uh, the season, this past season, that he had been told that he needed to get stronger. Is he stronger? Yeah, him and probably like 53 other guys, you know, I think. He's only 100 and, I mean, he's, a, he's 180. Yeah, I don't know the weight has, I don't know okay. the weight has a lot to do with it. I think there's a couple things with, with corners is, um, you know, it, it's a tough skill set to play corner when, when you have to be able to run with world-class athletes down the field. And then you also have to step up and 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 take on a pulling guard that weighs 330 pounds, or take down a running back that weighs 250. A lot of times, those are mutually exclusive skill sets. Corners have to have those, and the way that you um, handle those things is you really have to be. Um, I say just like strong, but strong is a lot of different ways. Number one, strong, being able to take those plays on. Number two, having the wherewithal to withstand those over the course of 16 games. I've had some really good corners in my history. Um, a lot of them were 400-pound benchers. And the 400-pound bench really didn't show up in the way they played, but it showed up in the fact that they were able to play 16 games beyond the field. So I think that as you're working to get stronger, you're also working to be more consistent and be available more. Um, you know, so I think that, that goes into it. Last one, please. Nope. To, to go back to uh, what you were saying about OTAs, um, in your experience, what are the things that, that you're able to evaluate that, that do matter? 
Um, well, I think that you're, you're really not evaluating um, as much as you're just, I mean, best way to put it, you're, you're always evaluating, but you're not making final decisions. You know, you're, you're taking everything with a little bit of a grain of salt, so to speak, bad cliche, but you're taking it with that saying, okay, th this is what we're seeing now. Let's see if it translates to training camp pads. Let's see if it translates to preseason games. Um, but I do think you can see um, technique, the cons consistency in technique, and I think you can also tell a lot about a guy with his understanding of what you're doing, missed assignments, mental errors, um, you know, things like that. So I think those things sort of can, um, you know, you can, you can learn a lot about guys this way, but when it's all said and done, it has to be real football to really evaluate players. Okay? Thanks, guys. G and